Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Cam Rogers here, Bridget Whalen there. Great to be with you guys, as always. Get at us on social media. I'm on Twitter, at MrRogers99, and on Instagram, at MrRogers98. You can follow Bridget at Bridget K. Whalen. No time for a Masters hangover, ladies and gentlemen. The PGA Tour continues with the RBC Heritage out there in the Carolinas. Should be a fantastic tournament. Really good field considering that it's after the Masters. A lot of players typically take that week off, but a really solid field headlined by Webb Simpson and Dustin Johnson. Will Zalatoris is back as well after a solo runner-up at Augusta National, so we will talk about that tournament. But before that, a full-on Masters recap. Hideki Matsuyama becoming a major champion. We'll talk about Jordan Spieth and, of course, Will Zalatoris too. Plus, the findings in the Tiger Woods crash, open and shut. We're moving on, but we will touch upon what went down there in the information released last week during masters week no less and that is our show this week here on the tiger woods podcast we thank you for coming along for the ride and we thank bet online as our sponsor here on the program bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action bet online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hideki Matsuyama winning the Masters Tournament, the 85th Masters. And let me just say, it felt right here in April. November, I sort of called it during my radio interviews last week, the Masters light, because it didn't feel right. And it was during football season, less eyeballs were on it. This was the real Masters, and congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama. I'm sure you all have heard this before already. The first Japanese male to win a major championship. Fantastic stuff. I have picked him many a times in my career to win a major championship, and obviously I have been wrong many a times. Did not pick him last week, and I will tell you this. He was flying under the radar, Bridget. I was checking my notes for the Masters. I had a lot of Spieth. I had a lot of Sergio. I had a lot of Patrick Reed. Not one mention of Hideki Matsuyama. He was 50-1 to entering this tournament to win outright. And he gets it done. Just elite iron play, but also really great short game play, which is obviously a fantastic pairing that you could use at Augusta National. Obviously, a big-time victory for the country of Japan, and here we are. Bridget, did you have any inkling that Matsuyama was going to get this done entering the week? I did not. Very Jordan Spieth-esque first win in four years. Uh, Back-to-back champions with with that kind of little track record is very interesting, intriguing, 
he is a winner at like big locations. He won the Memorial Jack's tournament. He won at waste management twice. He won the WGC HSBC champion. So he is a WGC champion. He then won Bridgestone WGC Invitational. So like he is a big time winner and the Masters is obviously the biggest of all wins. So I think it kind of like goes along with his record, but I did not see this coming. Um, I, I love Hideki's game. I did not really see it flourishing at Augusta, to be honest. He's top 20 on tour in strokes gained around the green in each of the last three seasons, ranked fourth at the Masters in that stat category as well, plus the strokes gained approach category. He was fantastic, too, inside the top five there. So it has always come down to the putter for Hideki because he's had some really poor performances with the flat stick, but when your short game is that good and your iron play is that good, all you have to be is like field average with your flat stick. And Matsuyama was that. So really a fantastic victory for him. Would you say, Bridget, that it was a relatively drama-less Sunday aside from like 20 minutes of 15 and the beginning of 16 and that was really it? Yeah, he was definitely in control, even though he did shoot an over par round that final round. I think that having such a massive lead, you want to think that, okay, like all I have to do is shoot even par and I'm going to get this done most likely, which he didn't do. And he still got it done. I think that, yeah, the, the front nine was definitely lackluster. I think if Jordan like actually made a run, which there were like flashes that he was going to, and then Will Zalatoris, I mean, he started off birdie birdie. So you can't birdie them all if you don't birdie the first two. Um, But I think that Hideki is the type of player that I didn't anticipate him crumbling or choking, whatever word you want to use. So unless someone else was going to blow it out of the water and shoot like a 65 or a 66 or what have you, I really didn't see um, much happening in the way of Hideki not getting the green jacket until we got to 15 and Xander, <laughs> I can't imagine what he was feeling when he came to the, the par three sixteenth. but man, when that ball went in the water, just think like we could have had a tie there if, if the ball hadn't gone in the water. Right. Um, so it, it could have been much more exciting than ultimately it wound up being. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it, it was, it definitely felt like he was in cruise control even though once, you know, once you got into that 15th and on stretch, you could tell he was very nervous and he did bogey three of the last of three of his um, last four holes. So, so clearly the cushion <laughs> favored him. And um, it really is all about how other players around you perform. If someone had just say like someone had gone out and, and shot a low round earlier in the day, like you never know if those, I mean, he only won by one shot. Like right. that's the brass tax of it. When you get down to it, Will Zalatoris, he was practicing in case it was to go to a playoff and he looked a little silly, but you never know what's going to happen. So until I think Hideki had his fall on 18 safely in the fairway, it was like, yeah, continue to practice. You never know what could happen at Augusta. Um, that was a little disheartening for Will Zalatoris, I think, to, to, like being your first masters and be that close to um, maybe not getting it done, but be that close to a playoff. It, 
it must make you hungry for more. Absolutely. And I think that really there were four people maximum with a shot at the green jacket for the most part on Sunday. Shoffley, Spieth, Zalatoris, and Matsuyama. A lot of backdoor-ish top tens here. Patrick Reed went three under, finished T8. John Rahm had the round of the day going 66, but he was even to start the day, so he finished at six under. My pick, by the way, T5. So yeah, that's a little too far back for yeah. that stellar round, but that was impressive. Seeing him climb the leaderboard, that that sure was impressive. And knowing that you had picked him, I was <laughs> a little uh, conflicted. <laughs> of course you feeling. were. <laughs> but you can afford it. You can afford a bogey here and there, Bridget. You're still up by 1.4 million. I have that calculation already. So yeah, Mark Leishman, T5, Justin Rose, Bridget. You had that Thursday 65, but you almost always wonder with golf, can you do it again? Can you do it again at all for the rest of the week, let alone the next day? And he didn't really do that even par, even par, and then two over on Sunday for Rosie. Yet another top 10 at the Masters, two runner-up finishes, by the way. Disappointing week for him, would you say? Is he going to take away anything useful from that week? I don't know if I would ca categorize it as disappointing um, just because he's such a veteran at this point. I think that it's a little deflating to know that maybe you can't go full throttle after shooting that on a Thursday at his age at a course like Augusta, which is physically strenuous. And, and this could be totally my speculation, but it's not only mentally tough there, it really is physically tough. Um, and I'm not saying like 40, he's going to be 41 soon. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that that's old. So I, I, I feel horrible saying it in any sort of way. But um, I think that the pressure of going seven under on that first day when there really wasn't a seven under out there. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, like that was, a, it was a, it was a little shocking. Um, and when something like that happens, you know that that person's game is just firing on all cylinders. So you want to believe that, okay, if they did it today, like why can't it just carry into tomorrow? But it's, it's just not that simple. And the even par on Friday actually was super impressive. Um, he said in a soundbite in a post-round interview that he got to a point in his round where he just really wanted to play match play with the course and get it back to even for the day. That was a good soundbite, yeah. It was excellent because it really shows you the tactical standpoint of playing at Augusta. You really, you, you're always playing the course. That's why I hate the rivalry comparison between player play between two players or what have you, um, because they're not really looking out to like beat who they're playing with. It, it, it's all about, I want to beat the course today. I want to play the best that I can on this course. So hearing him say that it really does make you think that, hey, if he had gotten that birdie on the last to go one up, would that would have changed the narrative? Maybe, but I think that he got it back to even all square at the end of the day with Augusta. I really saw that Friday as it was gonna launch him into Saturday. So when he shot even again on Saturday, he was sort of out of the mix for me. Um, and, and on Sunday, I just, I wasn't really expecting anything great from him I, I kind of wanted to will him to win just because he's at that point where he does so well at Augusta he plays so well there 
He's done so well so many times before. He got in the playoff with Sergio. Like he's been so close to the green jacket that I sort of just wanted to will it for him and get him there. But I think that Rosie is a guy that's, his game suits that course. I, I totally see him winning in the future. And we've talked about this before. The more times you play at that course, really the better advantage you have there. So unless you're Bryson DeChambeau, yes. <laughs> That's a whole other subject. Yeah, I think he's just confused oh, by, <laughs> by the courts. I'm not so sure if uh, if Augusta can fall into a, a mathematical equation. I think it's uh, it's a little off of cannot the radar. compute. Yes, <laughs> no, cannot compute. Um, but I do really. I see Justin Rose winning there, and I I feel badly that he um, he could up oh, no. That everyone, I mean, she's awake. It's a boy. Oh, boy, my bad. <laughs> um, but I do think that he he eventually will win there, and and this just wasn't his year. But Rosie at Augusta, I kind of want to like put it in that in that mix of players who play really well there. And as you get older, we've said this before, like it's not in the sense of oh, it's a major. Only the young guns are going to come out and win, win the majors. I mean, Hideki's 29. So it really does set up with, hey, he, could, he might be able to win there in the future. Jack did it at 46. We'll see what happens. Many other older players have contended at Augusta National. So you certainly can't count out Mr. Justin Rose for the near future. Good week overall for him. Seventh alone inside the top 10. At Augusta National, Patrick Reed, T8, Corey Connors, back-to-back top 10s at the Masters now, a greens and regulation machine. Good week for him overall. And Cam Smith, T10, alongside Tony Finau as well. And Jordan Spieth, another ho-hum week for him at Augusta National, continuing his red-hot play. One of two players in Masters history to have finished third or better Five times in their first eight career starts, Arnold Palmer. The other one, shout out to Justin Ray for the stat on that. Another fantastic week for Jordan Spieth. I mean, it's very clear he is one of the elite players on the PGA Tour right now. He's not the favorite as we stand for the PGA Championship at the Ocean Course next month, but he might as well be because, my God, that course requires an artist-like approach to the game. Spieth brings that. So look, I think he is a top three player in the world right now. Forget about the official world golf rankings. Bridget, my God, I bet it was just a great sight for you to watch Jordan Spieth at the Masters. And then as we look ahead to the PGA, where do you rank him in terms of your favorites? It was so exciting to see him back in the mix at Augusta. I think that Maybe the emotions of the victory the week prior kind of caught up with him. And obviously the putter didn't really help either. If Jordan's going to win, we need to see like that ball going in from long range, doing the Spieth magic type stuff. And he did actually have a few moments of that, but I just think on Sunday, he really didn't have a good chance. He, he needed a hot start. So that was a little like frustrating to see him frustrated. Um, And then it was just kind of like the story of the week from there. I think that he does have a good shot at the PGA. I think that he's definitely still trending like with his game. I, I don't see him as like a results-based player 
because he did win at Valero and, and clearly he's still talking in his sound that he's still not having the best control of his swing. He thinks it's coming or he's hoping it's coming. Like to hear him say that. And then knowing that he had just won, that's crazy. And he did hit a lot of fairways at Augusta. He put himself in, in great position to hit a lot of greens. So the distance control is definitely, it's there for him and his iron play, it, it's also there. So it's confusing for me to hear that in Jordan's brain, he really still isn't there yet. Like, I just think that's wild. And again, it's just, he clearly is, he's a process guy. That's who he is. So if the process and the progress is like this good and, and trending, like upticking this significant for him, I only can guess that he is going to be in contention at the big events because he has those feels and he has the, he, he has like the superpower of being able to harness that like nervous energy that you have when you get to the majors. He does a lot of good with that. And clearly he, he had like a good shot at Augusta, which is wild um, on Sunday that, that two under 70, like, just imagine if he had shot 66 that day. Like, I think that he's there to do that. And I think that he thinks he's there to do that. He's just not doing it yet. So the win at Valero is wild that he's able to win when he's still really like trying to make progress that just shows kind of how good Jordan Spieth is. And again, we talked that we hit on that the field at Valero wasn't that stacked, so, of course, that's a factor. Um, but, I mean, he became the first player all-time to birdie number 10 in all four rounds at the Masters. Mm. Like, he, he did some stellar stuff this week. And I can only guess that I think the PGA is, like, 30, less than 40 days away. So, his game is there. Uh, and I like him at Kiowa. He's not even 30 yet. And he has a shot to complete the career grand slam in a month's time. So we'll see what happens with Mr. Jordan Spieth. Let's talk about Zalatoris. My gracious, he is a big game hunter. All he's done in his last two majors, second alone at the Masters, T6 at the U.S. Open, and 16 top 10 finishes worldwide since the beginning of 2020. The definition of an elite ball striker, T to green, he's fantastic. And sneaky good power just has incredible compression of the ball. We know he's not big. Look at him. And here he is playing fantastic golf. And oh, by the way, not accruing any FedEx Cup points because technically he's not a full-time PGA Tour player. Can you explain that, by the way, Bridget? I don't know the nuts and bolts as to why that is the case. Yeah, so I think that had he not um, finished T6 in the U.S. Open, this whole story would have been rewritten. Okay, That really changed it for him. Um, and the problem with Zalatoris is that, and like he's playing awesome now, he wasn't uh, like up until very recent. So like he just came hot out of the gate and, and at a major, he finished T6, like a top 10 at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. That's insane. So- he deserves to be where he is right now. Clearly his game is suited for the PJ tour. It's just all of the nuts and bolts of like how you actually get tour status. And we could go back to Sophia Popoff, you know, it, it like doesn't make sense. Um, mm. These players who play so well, I mean, she won a major. So, you know, you could totally fight that battle too. Will didn't win anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, 24 years old and it's, 
the best performance by first timer at the Masters since another Dallas kid, which we just mentioned, Jordan Spieth. Um, he was runner up to Bubba in 2014. So I think that Will is is going to do so many huge things. I actually could see him winning. I mean, I I did pick him at Punta Cana, but that was heavily weighed on his T6 finish at Wingfoot. But I could see him winning like sometime soon, and then boom, PGA Tour status, uh, and and I could. 100% see that happening um like literally any day now maybe uh maybe this weekend Ooh, <laughs> some foreshadowing perhaps we'll get there the RBC heritage this week to put a bow on the masters Bridget I have a question for you Trevor Immelman won the masters in 2008 we know that when you win the masters you have lifetime status to show up and play every single year that you choose Trevor didn't play in 2020. He didn't play this past week. Obviously, he's on the CBS broadcast crew. Do you wonder at all why he didn't play in 2020 or in 2021? Like, is he at the point where it's like, all right, I'm done. I've missed the cut enough that, <laughs> you know, I'm just good and I'd rather be in the booth? Like, I don't know. I always wonder this about Nick, too. But Nick has a bunch of green jackets, so I kind of get that. But Trevor, I mean, he's still young. Yeah, he gets to go to the champion's dinner. Isn't that like <laughs> the ultimate um, opportunity that a champion gets to come back each year to have dinner with past champions? I honestly think it has to do with priorities. And who knows? I don't know where his his body is. If it, it, it could be too taxing on him, possibly. Sure. Um, that that honestly could be the case. And And for what? That would be my only question. Like if Trevor wants to play Augusta national tomorrow, he probably can. Uh, so for me to like play it on the biggest stage, tee it up in contention, that tournament field, does he need that anymore? Probably not. Uh, and I think absolutely his, his CBS um, duties, I think are at the forefront uh, and he's really good at that. So why go away from something you're really stellar at where, hey, maybe you probably would miss miss the cut. Yeah, so he played in 2019, T51, but missed the cut in 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, T50. 2008 was a long time ago. Let's yeah, in 2013. Maybe it was because it wasn't like a full-fledged Masters in 2020, and obviously this past week too, maybe he wanted the full experience. I don't know. I just find it interesting because if I won the Masters, I'd probably want to show up every year and play. You know, pull like an Ian Wisdom. He shows up every year and shoots 20 over. So what about Jose Muriel Fable? Making the cut. Yes. Awesome. Exactly. Like how awesome is that? 55 years old. That that was actually my like B storyline that I was following intently because you could follow whoever you want on the Masters app. That thing is the most genius thing I have ever been oh, it's exposed great. to. Uh, it's astounding. Like why the PG Tour doesn't have something like that. I I just, I don't know it, maybe it costs like a ton of money. I'm really not sure because that is necessary. PJ tour. If you're listening, like we want that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Olathabal was, was like very present on my phone, um, over the weekend. <laughs> so that's our master's recap folks. Congratulations once again to Hideki Matsuyama and 
Want to give a shout out to our friends at Sunday Scaries. They make products specifically for overthinkers and night owls like me. Sunday Scary CBD gummies help me decompress, clear my head, and fall asleep so I can actually wake up a fully functioning human being. And folks, there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. And I got you with 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code TIGER with a capital T for your discount. That's promo code TIGER for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. Some other news that came through across the golfing world last week, the findings have been released on the Tiger Woods crash. Essentially, it was an accident from start to finish. No injuries aside from Woods' own meant no criminal charges. He was traveling 40 miles an hour over the speed limit, accelerated after going over the median. There are a lot of legal experts out there wondering why officials didn't look into Tiger's phone or his blood. I'll let you guys Google that and read their opinions if you so choose. It's an open and shut situation. We're moving on. It's all over. Bridget and Tiger can officially focus on recovering. Thank God, by the way, that he waived his privacy right so that we couldn't create a vacuum for conspiracy theorists out there to say, oh, it could have been this. Oh, it could have been that. I was a little worried that this was going to be just like a super secret situation. And then everybody, you know, has their opinion. They have them now, but still it would have been a lot worse if we didn't know the official findings and have a big time press conference about it. Yeah, I I think that the suggestion that his blood um, should have been tested for drugs or alcohol like that's so beyond the point now. So retroactively, like saying that is is such a moot point. There was no evidence of any impairment. And that's coming from like the sheriff's captain who said that in a news conference. Mm-hmm. Um, there were no like open containers in the vehicle, no narcotics or, you know, any evidence of medic- medication in the vehicle. So I don't like those things being thrown around. Obviously, I, I also am like a bulldog when when the tiger's in the mix. So I I am very pleased that the news was released. And I think that Justin Thomas and both Rory, they took it upon themselves to sort of speak out in the sense of, yeah, I've been with him. Um, I've I've met with him, I've gone to his house, like he is okay. Like there is nothing seriously going on here like or nothing serious going on here and I think that people love that narrative just because of his track record but as the sheriff said we don't make decisions in a moment due to past precedent and if we were to do that like then he would have been getting basically preferential treatment in a bad way and and they treat every case as its own case so honestly I I just um the findings are a little confusing to me but um but it is what it is uh I still am gonna hold true that I don't think he was awake at the time I I think maybe he dozed off or or something happened just in the sense of he has no recollection so that's the only like red herring that sort of sticks out to me but 
by all means, I'm not going to like go against the findings. Like it is what it is. Let's, let's close it up and let's hope for a speedy recovery. I actually saw that um, the 2022 odds for the masters are out and he's like 60 to one or something. Oh, so, get your bets in folks. Yeah. So like, let's move towards that. Let's like trend towards let's, let's start thinking about him getting back out on tour. Even if that's in like the realm of possibility, which at the beginning I was like, I don't even care. I just want him to be alive and like come to events and just be like a presence in the golf space for mm. like, the rest of his life. Now I'm like, okay, like he's good. Like <laughs> we could, um, we could start focusing on golf. He's, he's not out of the game. I will never ever say that tiger is out of it until tiger himself says that he's out of it. I will never conjecture that because I just see him going as long as physically possible. I think that he is such a competitor and, and just like Phil, I think they really do have a lot of the same dynamic and, and characteristics and, and sort of makeup. Um, so I see Tiger being around for a while and I hope that his leg is, is healing properly. I do think he comes back at some point on the PGA tour. I think the Masters 2022 is a bit too early for me. I've been saying maybe late summer 2022, early winter 2023, something along those lines. But that is a full-on dart throw, in my opinion. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And obviously, the Masters next year would be so much better with him there. So we'll see about that. Uh, let's talk about this week. Harbortown, RBC Heritage, par 71, another peak die design. Only Pebble Beach, folks, on average, has smaller greens on the PGA Tour. You need to bring your iron game or be a magician with your wedges. A lot of tree-lined fairways this week, Bridget. So <laughs> you want to talk about a 180 compared to Augusta National, where driving distance really does help you a lot. Accuracy is key this week. But not even hitting fairways in particular, like hitting it in the right spot so you have an angle to the green matters more. I'd rather be in the rough in some spots on these holes than, you know, the left side of the fairway and you don't have an angle to the green sort of situation. So really unique week of golf. Webb Simpson defends his title. C.T. Pan, past champion as well. Wesley Bryan won it in 2017. Kadira won it in 2018. Brandon Grace in 2016 so kind of an interesting combination of winners here and long shots shall we say i'm going pretty chalky this week bridget you're going pretty chalky this week we mentioned the tally you are at a 1.4 million dollar lead after patrick cantlay missed the cut at augusta and rom for me finished at t5 so a good week for me finally thank god compared to you <laughs> <laughs> uh are you ever picking Cantley again by the way I don't think so <laughs> I think that I'm his uh I almost said charm bad luck charm <laughs> that's not the right word <laughs> I think I'm I'm just uh he and I um in the in the big events I'm just gonna steer clear of him for his sake I think that I could pick him just in a regular tour event but missing the cut at the players and now missing the cut at Augusta picking him both times. I'm just going to not pick him. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm giving the players the fifth major title, <laughs> but I'm just not, not going to pick him in any majors or big events moving forward. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So who are you going with this week? Chalky is a great word. His hair is chalky. 
Um, <laughs> his waist is the diameter of a piece of chalk. I am, <laughs> but I'm shocked. I am. <laughs> I'm going with Will Zalatoris. I think that he just has so much left out on on the course from the Masters. I think that it, he wished that there were more holes, as I do think that Rom wished that there were more yeah, holes. Yeah, for sure. And that has to be an awful feeling to just want to get back out there in the sense of, I want to be competing again. I want to be in contention. I want those feels. He wants those feels. He's 24 years old. He's not tired. Nothing would make this kid tired. So I'm not even worried about like gas being out of the tank. He's, he's full down pedal to the metal. Will Zalatoris at RBC Heritage. Okay, can't argue with that and his iron game. The only thing would be post-Augusta fatigue, if you will. Is he a bit drained? But he's young. He's 24. I'm sure he'll be fine. So He is never, ever going to be drained. I think he only eats three days a week. The guy is like a fuel tank. Zalatoris, your pick. And I'm going with the man who shall not be named again on this podcast, but he's about to be. Patrick Cantlay is my selection <laughs> for this week. You know, I almost like it better coming off the MC at Augusta. You can get to Harbortown earlier. You're well-rested. He was T2 in 2019, T7 in 2018, T3 in 2017. His T to green game is still elite. He's the best Pete Dye course player in this field within the last six years. So I like that a lot. Give me Patrick Cantlay against this field with an elite course history resume to boot. I think he gets it done this week. He has to win. It's got to happen at some point. It's coming. It's going to happen this week, I think. Yeah, the mascot at Augusta was just like shocking. I mean, maybe it shouldn't have been shocking because clearly I'm his black cloud and I picked him, but that was just so surprising to me. He not only missed the cut, like I believe he finished like second to last. Am oh, I he wrong? blew up, Bridget. Like he it wasn't like one up. shot off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he shot 79 on Thursday, I believe. I, I mean, I'm trying to come up with these numbers in my head, but I'm pretty sure that's what he shot. Um, so yeah, that's just, he, that was just shocking. I agree with you. I think that he's due for a win and I was just shocked by last week. So I'm all in on your pick. I'm much more in on my pick, obviously. Hey, example number 1,285,830. <laughs> Is that my that, bank account? <laughs> <laughs> that golf is a volatile and random game. That's the phrase. I remembered it. Uh, Lee Westwood. Uh, new runner-up finishes last month. Misses two cuts after that. How do you explain that? I can't explain that. I'm a golf analyst. I can't do that. Like, what? He, yeah. He is. Now that's like depletion of gas in the tank, right? Oh, I do must think be. that that's it. Yeah. I think that he got to a point where he had seen so much success that it was just bound to kind of run out. And again, Lee Westwood is an elite player and he's been an elite player for a very long time. So I don't like to say that being contention back to back like that, especially at the players was surprising, but it was a little more surprising than recently what has happened to him. And that's just, it's an age game. Yep. 47 years old, perhaps fatigue setting in for him. Interesting stuff there. All right, so Will Zaltors for you. I am going with Patrick Cantlay. Enjoy the golf, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Network. She is Bridget. I am Cam. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.